Welcome to Everybody A, Everybody Gay. A queer exploration of Pretty Little Liars. With your hosts, Speak Pirate, a.k.a. Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I have a cat named Spencer. And your other host, LCO123, a.k.a. Vina, a proud member of the Church of Vander Jesus. Welcome, welcome to The Wrath of Khan. It's a great episode title. This episode features Rogue Hannah on a solo mission, the Noel Khan retcon of retcons, Allison on a nebulous field trip that has her out of town, and the final series appearance of Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina just really goes out with a whimper here. It's true. It's true. Yeah, this this episode is more cohesive than last week's. Um, it's another one that is like, we're, we're definitely relying on a lot of nostalgia uh, to kind of to kind of keep us going at this point, whether that's through flashbacks, whether that's through flashbacks to things we have already actually seen, or whether it's just two references uh, of a time on the show when everybody was a little bit more invested and having a little bit more fun. Um, it does sort of feel like the show is kind of continuing the vibe of a victory lap, uh, just kind of minus the victory part. <laughs> yeah this episode is I, I remembered it as being better than it than it was on the rewatch of course but um I think compared to the ones that have been like surrounding it leading up to it certainly it is better because it it has like an idea like Rogue yeah. Hannah is like an idea and Rogue Hannah in motion is something but the Rogue Hannah stuff cannot overcome like the basic fact that the writing is so thin it is like the thinnest that it has been maybe in the whole series like there are so many times when the liars like say something as if it's self-evident and they're just trying to like jedi mind trick us into being like oh of course you can't go to the police unless you're all together like what huh like there (laughs) there are so many times where like something happens and it's just like you you just have to like it's not even suspension of willful disbelief like or willful suspension disbelief it's just like you have to just like go into this episode and basically like check your brain at the door like you know basically like hand it off at the coat check and just like be on this ride for where we are yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it soon just because it's early in the episode, but Emily has a line at one point where she says, we have every reason to believe Noel is AD. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah, also, uh, also, Bolo for Emily and Jason's telepathic conversation that Jason references multiple times in this episode, but which never happened. <laughs> also, like, Allison just isn't in this episode. She's just straight up gone. She gets the shush and yes! she's straight up gone. <laughs> it's wild. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. So uh, we open on Aria, Emily, and Spencer reading a text from Hannah that announces she has gone to New York to do New York things regarding business with Lucas. Because again, all business must be conducted in person. The liars are not sure about all this because they are, quote, so close to nailing Noel Khan, who last week they were not even convinced was AD. 
Um, Emily tries to call Hannah to tell her to come back, but her call we see goes to voicemail as dark Hannah is occupied with unpacking duct tape and a hammer and some rope in her newspaper windowed lair. Basically, dark Hannah has a baseball cap and a bag full of weapons from Clue, the board game. Back to the other liars. They think that finding proof that Noel is Mary Drake's child will be, quote, all the proof they need. Of what? Mary Drake is not even a suspect in anything that is on the police radar currently. Uh, also, we learn that Prezra has landed in South America and four hostages have been rescued, but somehow we still do not know if any of them are Nicole. Uh, anyway, Aria is going to go to the courthouse and Spencer is going to research Noel and Emily is going to interview to be a swimming coach, but we'll be back to help later. <laughs> Elsewhere, Dark Hannah is setting up a video camera on a tripod and instructing anyone who sees it before she finishes what she needs to do. That something has gone terribly wrong. Please take this video to the police. What would have been a great plot is if Hannah, who was actually kidnapped, faked her own kidnapping or murder now to pin it on Noel Khan. That would be very Gone Girl. But no, that is not what we're going to get here. That would be great. Yeah, that would be totally great. Um, yeah, yeah. The the may or may not nature of Nicole's rescue. Guess what? It continues. Oh. And also, this episode is very much like Prezra's out of town. So Arya is like totally on the ball, which is always the case when whenever Prezra goes out of town. It's like Arya like has given herself a mission and is determined to follow through. Yes, whenever he is not in the room, sucking all of the oxygen out of the air, she flourishes. Not yeah. coincidence. Not at all. Um, I took the note that Allison gets the shush, even though she wasn't invited to the cold open. And guess what? She wasn't invited to the rest of the episode either. <laughs> She's on like an apparently like an all like a 48 hours field trip of some sort. It's very strange. Uh, so Spencer is searching. Now, I couldn't tell. Was this just like generic Google database or was this something more specific? No, this was like their version of a Google search. Because she searches Noel Khan and there are no results, which is more suspicious. <laughs> like that, no, like that's, <laughs> that's not how anything works. Uh, when Marco suddenly knocks on her door, uh, he had stopped by to see Allie, who is away on this mysterious field trip, and decided to see Spencer as well. This is also like you were saying about, you know, the sort of off-screen conversations. Like, he apparently had this whole off-screen conversation with Jason. Um, but now he is here to deliver to Spencer the news that Archer apparently flew to France on a fake passport. And the case is now out of his jurisdiction, which means that now Spencer can have a meal with him. It's a big old yuck sandwich. Uh, she explains that she's getting out of a relationship. Uh, he sort of acknowledges that it's not the right time, but nobody is acknowledging the fact that, like, they had, you know, sort of semi-non-consensual sex, drunk sex in an elevator before she knew who he was. Like, it's, again, the way that that whole interaction is being treated is really, really weird. And it continues to be weird, like, as this episode goes on. It does. And also, does it feel to you like now that Spencer and Caleb are broken up, they just really don't know what to do with Spencer? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Like, it feels like she's just sort of like floating. Spencer, who is often kind of the anchor of the show, is just sort of like floating around the periphery of the episode. 
Well, it's because I'll I'll tell you why that is. It's because the character beat that they had for Spencer was that she's going to find out Mary Drake is her mother. She's the person that they're looking for, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not going to happen until the end of the next episode. So Spencer right now is just in, like, limbo. They just didn't have any ideas what was going to happen to her in the meantime. Yeah, she's just, like, hanging out, being depressed and lonely. Ugh, yeah, it's it's rough. Um, speaking of being depressed and lonely, Sabrina is eating two pieces of red velvet cake. Because you gotta, you gotta invest in your self-care when you're kind of in a relationship with Emily Fields. Uh, no, she says it's because she's testing out icing. We know the truth. Um, a customer ordered this cake. And Emily, who is like just stopping by on her way to her job interview, which she doesn't seem at all stressed about the time on, um, Emily immediately sees the order form and then freaks out because the customer who ordered this cake is none other than Noel Kahn. Emily is very upset by Sabrina making a cake for such a dangerous character. Uh, Sabrina is like not impressed. Like she's like, what is he gonna do? Steal my pies, leave a bad Yelp review. And this is really true. Like Emily has not even asked any clarifying questions. Like, are you delivering this cake to him after dark in an abandoned factory? As far as she knows, Noel is coming into the brew during business hours and picking up a baked good. Um, also, just a note on the economy of Rosewood, this eight-inch pancake is costing $45. $45 for this cake. Um, anyway, Emily has no time to explain, as ever. She's just like, danger, danger, cake of danger, and then she's out. Why is Noel Khan having a red velvet cake made? <laughs> for, plot, not... for plot reasons. <laughs> Noel Khan, who's not even in Rosewood right now, is like, you know what I need? A custom red velvet cake. Yes, yes. He just has he just has a yen for a red velvet cake. He knows that the brew will like do it up right for him. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, so Jason is over at Prezra's, which I felt like was a somewhat jarring sight, uh, to see Aria and ask about the fire at the SSC, Secret Storm Cellar. Jason thinks that it was Archer who set the fire, and Aria somewhat begrudgingly confirms that she actually was with Allison that night, and the fire was an accident. Uh, Aria explains that they found paperwork confirming that Jessica was in charge of Mary's care as well as her various adoptions. And Mary is apparently, of course, still in the wind. Uh, Jason is certain that there are more secrets abound and probably those secrets have something to do with why his mother was killed. Uh, Aria explains that she is on her way to the courthouse to get more information. Uh, and I feel like this is another one where like there's so many this has just been the season of like a word or a location gets repeated over and over and over again to try to like bring some legitimacy to the plot. And I feel like courthouse was the one in this episode. <laughs> courthouse, oh. courthouse, courthouse, courthouse. Yeah. Uh, and Jason, this was like, a, I thought this was like a very weirdly directed and acted interaction because Jason is like, they won't give you any information as a non-relative. And then Aria, as though the thought is just occurring to her is like, Jason, you're a relative. They might give you some information. <laughs> like, yeah, Arya, he is a relative. 
But also, they could have, I mean, I guess they don't know that Spencer's related to Mary at this point, but they know that, uh, I was going to try to go down that family tree rabbit hole, but you know what? I'm going to save my sanity and not do that. <laughs> well, I mean, also, no one at the courthouse asks for any identification from no. either of these two. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, anyone could just be like, yes, I am a Drake Laurentis. Like, yes. I, there's, there's not really any kind of like, authentication going on in in any sense no no it's all just kind of based on based on the whims of whoever is working that counter yes oh my goodness but this is um this is like the first like jason goes to presra's because emily telepathically told him where aria was um emily who we just saw actually enter and exit the brew uh in that interaction with sabrina yes and we didn't see jason anywhere but they they telepathically communicated and he knew that aria was upstairs so what, okay what amazing what amazing skills they have oh my gosh um all right so dark hannah aka hannah wearing a baseball cap is tailing noel Khan. let us just pause and review for a moment the things that the villainous villains have been up to lately. Uh, Sarah and Jenna had sour girl time. Noel has been lurking around the hotel, tipping the wait staff hundreds of dollars. Uh, the liars believe that he beat up Yvonne to get a hold of the Mary Drake file. He did kick a table. The liars suspect him of killing Sarah Harvey. Uh, Jenna played a flute. Uh, and now Noel has most recently ordered a cake. When will the depravity end? <laughs> Noel himself is pulling up to a dumpster in broad daylight next to a building that looks like a bank and in a well-trafficked enough area that like several people are walking by. He looks around but does not see Hannah staring at him uh, and then tosses a bag of not at all suspicious garbage into the dumpster before driving away. Hannah goes right in and dumpster dives for it. In the bag is lots of food trash plus a cell phone. And not just any cell phone. A cell phone with a majorly cracked screen, a still working charge, and get this, get this, we find out it is Sarah Harvey's phone because apparently Sarah Harvey's phone wallpaper is a picture of herself, Sarah Harvey. And let's be clear, not a picture of her like having fun with some friends or a picture of her like holding her dog. No, just a headshot of her own self. Who does this? Also, <laughs> Really D minus work from Noel here. Take out the SIM card, throw the phone in the river, or actually don't. Because the police believe Sarah's death was a slip and fall and may have given this phone back to Jenna for all that we know. No one is looking for it because it isn't evidence of anything. Pesky details. <laughs> a quick brainstorming of what Sarah Harvey could have had for her cell phone wallpaper instead. Gloves. <laughs> a shower head. A picture of her and Charlotte. A picture of her and Emily. A picture of a sour drink. 
a picture of her and Jenna and Noel, a pride flag, a picture of her and her high school friends, a picture of her own missing poster, <laughs> a picture of Nev Campbell or other gay heartthrob. Do you have anything to add to this incomplete list? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that that about covers it. Um, maybe a picture of a bunker or a yellow oh, top. Oh, like the bomb that she made. Oh, yes, time. the bomb. Yes, 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 yes. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, oh, maybe like a picture of herself dressed up in the Black Widow outfit. <gasps> yes, yes. Or with, love al- that. with an alley mask on. Uh, yeah. I think think what's so weird is that in this picture, she looks scared. Like, this is not like a cute selfie. This is like, (laughs) this is like somebody caught me, like, you know, sneaking cookies out of the cookie jar and like, oops, like, this is a very, very strange photo. It is. I, it's clearly the wallpaper though, because it like immediately comes up. I, I, I thought that too. I was like, so is it like, is this like Noel took a picture of Sarah being dead and then decided to throw this phone away? Like, but no, it is just the wallpaper. It's so weird. It's a tr- I mean, I guess I don't put it past Sarah Harvey because she is kind of, she was kind of a weird person. I mean, she, yes, she was obviously very, very strange, but like, I, I don't think I know anyone I don't think I know anyone whose cell phone wallpaper is a picture of themselves. Like, yeah, I, would I agree don't, that. I, I just don't think that I do. That, what is your, what is your cell phone wallpaper? Um, my cell phone wallpaper is a picture that I took at Cannon Beach, actually. Okay. Okay. So yes. it's like, it's, it's like, like a, a landscape. It's a nature shot. Yes. A nature shot. A beautiful nature shot. Okay. Yes. What, what about yours? Uh, mine is a picture of uh, one of the fancy portraits of our cat. See, I knew it was going to be cat related. Like mm-hmm. those are like, very, those are like very normal mm-hmm. phone wallpaper. But you know, Sarah Harvey, she doesn't do things the normal way. She does things <laughs> the sour way. <laughs> also, it's hilarious. Like, first of all, the cell phone is such a dumb plot point. Oh and yeah. Also, like the cell phone is something they actually could get a clue off of. Like, take yeah. it to Caleb. Take you know, you could have like messages between her and Jenna. You could have like you know, whatever, but no, they, they don't do that. It's, it's just the MacGuffin. It's just the MacGuffin of the episode. Here we have the cell phone MacGuffin. I'm shocked that she doesn't open that bag and find a big file labeled Sarah in there because <laughs> just all of the plot points at this point are file related, which will continue in this episode. I, I mean, I think that they're just out of money. Like there aren't even any coconut oil masks in that bag, just a bunch of paper plates. Oh, and I mean, this like New York set is weak. Like it's just like a, a little w- way too clean looking corner. Yeah, and and Hannah later just calls it the city. So we actually don't know if it's New York or Philadelphia or Raven. That's true. It's just just a city. Just just interior or exterior random city. And and also Hannah being like not present, it's like automatically like code red. Hannah is missing. But like Mary Drake has been missing for like several episodes. Allison is like on a field trip this entire time. Mona is like, so, like, sometimes people are gone for, like, extended periods of time, and it's just, like, normal, normal, everything normal, and then Hannah is gone for, like, five minutes. They're like, 
but Hannah must be up to something bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because everybody knows that it's going to be a finale soon. Yes. Yeah. So over at Rosewood High, uh, Emily and Paige are like sitting in an old classroom preparing for their interview. Uh, Emily is sighing dramatically, which of course summons Paige over to her. And Emily has apparently never filled out a job application because she is stunned by the question, has she ever been arrested? Uh, Paige reminds her that Hackett recommended her for this job. So her little pesky arrest record must not be a problem. Um, I think it probably would be kind of a big problem. But uh, anyway, they then joke flirt about em- Emily's various crimes. Also, Paige refers to Emily as the best person she knows because clearly she is still carrying a torch. Yes. Um, Now, Emily framed this as a job interview. Um, Yes. The interview, though, consists of her filling out this two-page application in a classroom with another candidate for the job. Also, why is Paige there and filling out an application as well, despite the fact that, like, last week Hackett said he was interviewing another candidate who was Paige? Well, I think this is, is this, like, supposed to be, like, a second interview? Like, they're, because they're, this isn't the interview. This is, like, the preparation for the interview, I think. Okay, so your your idea is that Hackett, Hackett's hiring methodology is that he did preliminary interviews with both of them before they had even filled out an application so that he actually didn't have like any information about their job history or what they'd been up to, um, to ask about or anything. So he just like chatted with them for a while, uh, individually. That was their first interview. Then now it's the second interview. And so they do have to fill out this grueling two page job application. And then they're going to go have a second interview that is also with Hackett, the same person they talked to for their first interview. I do think that is the process. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then regarding the, have you ever been arrested question? I would just like to point out that this is the high school that hired Presra Fitz and they hired Allison, who was actually convicted of murder at one point. That's right. So I actually do not, like, I was like, the question should, I like, obviously the question is, have you ever been convicted of a felony? But in this world, it's, have you ever been arrested? And that is hilarious because, like, everyone in Rosewood has been arrested at some oh, point yeah. or another, it feels like. Well, maybe it's a thing of, if you say you haven't been arrested, that's immediate dismissal. Oh, you're disqualified. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you're you're not you're not cut from the same cloth as the people around here. Yeah, that is that is a very good point. Um, but yeah, Emily and Paige here, I think they totally have the vibe of, like, they're going to bang in the locker room. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, flirting and Maybe things. in between their interviews, like, yeah, if there's yeah. enough time. I think so. <laughs> okay. So, Aria and Jason are at a courthouse records area that seems to be conceptualized like a BMV, which I think the writers kind of, like, caught that at the last minute because they have, they have Aria say that it's just like a BMV, which, okay. Um, like there are TV screens with numbers on them that show number five is being served. Aria is number 67. Uh, Jason gives her a coffee going for bonus points for remembering how she likes it. Um, and this takes us to a flashback. 
It is soaked in sunlight. Aria is waking up and Jason is handing her coffee. Uh, he is shirtless and in full like Thor slash Adonis mode. Uh, he's done with his training and he leaves to go back to Africa next week. He wants Aria to come with him, but she is not independently wealthy and travel is not part of the plan right now. She has three job interviews coming up. Um, he really makes a plea for her to go with him and help people who have bigger problems than they do. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing with Jason. He always lets Arya make her own choices. If he were Prezra, he would manipulate her into going, gaslight her into believing that it was her idea and what she wanted. But Jason is not that guy. And so Arya is not going to accompany him. And it seems like he already kind of knows it. Um, back in the present, Arya sips her coffee and seems to be having feelings i have to say i did feel like jason was a little presra pushy here like not not full-on but like i felt like he was not he normally i feel like jason really listens to aria and we've talked about this this is part of why we like their dynamic and i felt like he was not he was really talking about like the vision that he had for the two of them and not really like letting her be part of crafting that vision in this moment but i think he he is just really excited and I definitely got the vibe in this scene that, like, Jason's been waiting a long time for this. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But you do make a fair point that, like, he his vision is about what he's going to go there and do. Not not really about, like, what Arya's experience would be like. Yeah. But, I mean, still, worlds away from Prezra. Yeah. He's not oh. going to trick her into going. Is the no, no. Uh, so, in the hallway, it's, like, Every scene in this episode, it's like we've just come out of a conversation and we're kind of getting a brief recap of it. So Emily is telling Paige that her interview went really well. Uh, it sounds like a lot of the girls have been getting bullied and Emily is going to be able to perhaps offer some guidance. Uh, they kind of make their way over to Emily's old locker. And Paige says that she used to feel like she couldn't wait to get out of here, but now she kind of wants to go back. There are some things she does miss. And she doesn't say like Emily, but she says like Emily with her eyes. Uh, Paige, who, you know, last week she had kind of peeked in on the date between Emily and Sabrina. She sort of gets Emily to like own up to the fact that she's dating someone. Uh, but Emily says that there is a lot that she can't share with Sabrina about both her past and her present. And then Emily admits that it's happening again and tells Paige not to ask her any questions, which is such an Emily line. <laughs> Uh, Paige says something that I found really interesting. She says, you found a way to include me when we were in high school and whoever you're with, it should be the same. What do we think of this remark from Paige? Well, I think that Paige means you should be with me. You should be well, with yeah. someone that you can talk to about this. Uh, but also I think that Paige is, like Paige is doing the thing that I talk about all the time. She's drawing a circle. The circle is like, you know, you, you yeah. can talk to me. This is safe. And she's like pointing out that Emily does not want to draw a circle that includes Sabrina. And like Paige is right. Like Paige is like, and Emily is right. That this thing with Sabrina is not going to last. Um, right. But yeah. It's that interesting thing, right? Where it's like the thing with the high school relationships, like we talk so much about like, God, you know, nobody ever can leave their high school relationship. And the other piece of it, it's like, this is the relationship where the other person knew about A. And in all of their adult relationships, the other person has not known about A. 
And it's it's a little it feels like a little bit of a chicken egg situation, right? Where it's like, are you not telling them about a because you're not invested in this relationship or are you, you know, not invested in this relationship because you haven't spoken to them about a. But that is why Spalev could be workable if Caleb wasn't such a jerk and why Emerson could be workable um, if, you know if everything about the show were different. And McHastings, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I just had to tell our listeners, I, the mention of McHastings, this, like, delightful little smile briefly graced Joanna's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I do also just want to mention um, that for this, you're, you're saying it's their second interview, uh, I would just like to point out that Emily is wearing jeans and a flannel shirt and Paige is wearing like a denim jacket and yoga pants. This is apparently how you interview in Rosewood. And also that Hackett, like as part of Emily's interview was like, I think some girls on the team are being bullied and you'd be good at dealing with that. Like, did he ask her any questions about like, what are some steps that you would recommend we take in that situation? No, because this is just interviewing is just a wild, wild, wild scene here. Apparently so. Apparently so. It's just like, whatever, you show up, you come as you are, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, Now, Dark Hannah is in an SUV with a man who has never sold these to a girl before. She's glad she could be his first. She takes a call from Emily for no reason at all and claims she's going into a meeting. Sketchy drug dealer says one of these pills should knock him out for hours. He hands Hannah a tiny plastic bag with two pills in it. So I guess that explains, you know, we were talking about the drug dealer last week. And I guess this explains the drug dealer part of the plan. Also, like, that's a super weird line. But, like, let's just revisit that real quick. I've never sold these date rape drugs to Uh a girl before. They don't call Rohypnol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I found that. And this guy is, like, like, very. He's like, I mean, I've sold him to Prezra. He gets a bag of these a week. I mean. I've sold them to like I just wanted to start like name yeah. dropping like I know. Oh, Luke, Lucas goes through these like candy man you know like I yeah. I really would like him to just tell us about all of the men of Rosewood who he has sold these drugs to before oh yeah oh yeah Peter Hastings is my best customer <laughs> um, yeah it's it's very strange and this guy is like a very like preppy looking guy too I don't know the whole thing is creepy uh so. <laughs> Spencer is trying to get information from, and this is weird because Spencer's mom's campaign manager was Gil and Gil was like a character on the show with a name and a personality. But for some reason, maybe they just don't have faith that the audience remembers Gil because this whole scene, Spencer just refers to this person as my mom's campaign manager and never uses their name. So anyway, Spencer is on the phone, presumably with Gil, uh, to ask some information about Noel. I think it's so funny that just like they have like no information about Noel. Like they know nothing about Noel. They don't. They don't know where he works. They don't know where he lives. They, they know nothing, and they are still like so steadfastly convinced that he is Mary Drake's son and AD. Um, Emily comes in just then with the news that Hannah is lying and Lucas isn't responding. 
Uh, Spencer gets an address from Gil, which is the con cabin, and which also happens to be in the same area where Hannah was held captive. Well, isn't everything coming together quite nicely? Well, yeah, it is. If we forget about the fact that, like, every single one of the liars has been to the con cabin. Exactly. At some point. So I'm really not (laughs) sure how the location of the cabin would be breaking news. Like, if it is true that the cabin is right near where Hannah was, like, held captive, why wouldn't they all be like, oh, my goodness, Hannah was held captive within a mile of the con cabin? Like, It's really strange. The other thing, too, is that it seems like everything in the Rosewood woods are, like, right next door to each other, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. it... it is it a smoking gun that the con cabin is near where Hannah was held captive? I mean, it seems like everything was near where Hannah was held captive. Well, also, like, they all know about the existence of the con cabin. I'm not sure why, like, it's it's sort of a, like, to make a Buffy reference, like, it's sort of a Ben is glory, glory is Ben. Like, it's as if they've forgotten everything they themselves ever knew about Noel from having gone to high school with him. Like, yes. Yeah. Like why if you're if you're trying to check out what's up with Noel, wouldn't checking out the con cabin be like on your list of top five things you might do to gain information? Exactly. Well, and it's also weird too because Noel is being written as a very different character. Um, unfortunately, like he's this is he's evil in a way he was never evil previously. Um, and so, it, yeah, it does feel like they've sort of done a hard, hard reset on the concept of Noel. And in general, this is this is just a problem that I have overall with the way that the villains are being handled at this point, where it's like they're pretty much interchangeable. It's like you could sub in Jenna this whole episode for Noel and say it's like, oh, the Toby's family lake house instead of the con cabin, for example. And it wouldn't really make a difference. Like everybody is just, nobody has like a distinct motive or a distinct like presence as a villain at this point. It's just like, well, this random assortment of people might be on a team that is against us, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent true. But this leads (laughs) us to cut to Emily and Spencer approaching the con cabin. Um, Emily, in another kind of meta moment, Emily's like, how did we not make this connection before? And Spencer claims they didn't make the connection because she thought Noel's parents sold this place years ago. Like, you were out of town for five years. Not like 20 years. It's not like Stiltskin situation here. Like, uh, anyway, uh, add this to the everyone is being silly in this episode. Emily seems shocked, shocked, I tell you, that Spencer is planning to break in. What did she think they were there for? To sell cookies? To, like, just, like, go to the door and, like, look around at what's outside? My God. Uh, They hear a sound, and this is actually kind of an interesting moment. They hear a sound that they associate with the dollhouse, both of them, but the sound is actually just a generator, which I don't think that that is like lots of places, especially out in the woods seem like they would have generators. So I don't really find that to be like a a proof of anything in the way that they seem to consider it to be. Um, 
but that that is what it is. Uh, they also find a security camera, uh, and Spencer breaks it uh, with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, this is also the episode where, like, we've remembered that the dollhouse was a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After, like, so much time of the dollhouse not really being relevant, like, now the dollhouse is, like, back as a plot point. And I, I like the, like, I am all in favor of it coming back as a plot point because and I would really like it if it came back as a plot point and it turned out that Charlotte wasn't like the main force behind it. Uh, I even like the idea of like a guy who they didn't previously know being involved, being involved, but we'll, we'll talk about it later, but like having it be Noel, I feel like is just a lousy choice. I agree. I agree. Uh, so at the courthouse, Aria is watching footage of the rescue where, you guessed it, we still don't know if Nicole is among the people being rescued. Uh, Jason says that their time has finally arrived and they walk up to the courthouse lady providing no documentation as Jason is like, hello, I'm a white man. I would like some classified information. And this lady is like, nope. And then Aria just like gives launches into this like impassioned speech explaining like the grim lay of the land of the De Laurentiis family and saying that Jason is desperate to connect to his family. Uh, that seems to soften the heart of this courthouse lady who very uh, quickly presumes that Arya and Jason are engaged. Uh, Jason decides to kind of go along with the lie and takes Arya's hand. Uh, you know, nothing like a little like fake dating on a mission. Of course, it's annoying that like the liars never get to do this with each other. Um but the woman then explains that, of course, the Radley adoptions are closed and, of course, the files haven't been digitized. But she will go around and poke through to look for the file about this particular adoption because, you guessed it, we needed more files at this point. Um, this scene is pretty ridiculous, but I do like whenever Arya's emotional intelligence gets a chance to shine. Yeah, and she's... As you said, she's doing a lot in this episode. Arya is Arya is doing great. She really is. Yeah. Dark Hannah is texting Noel to say that she has found Sarah Harvey's phone with his prints on it. Side note, Noel didn't even wipe his prints off the phone. I the D minus is out of range at this time. Anyway, if Noel wants it back, meet at Bowers Pub at 8 p.m. Then she is crushing the fills with the hammer and putting her incognito baseball cap back on. I love that that was like the reason that Hannah had a hammer that we've seen a million times is specifically to crush these pills. Like, I guess it wouldn't have been as menacing if she had like a mortar and pestle or like if if she just like used a book or something. I had I took the same note. I was like, oh, that's why she had the hammer. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Uh, so over at the con cabin, Spencer and Emily have determined that there is no proof of a AD and no room like Hannah described, but they decide to go through Noel's room one more time. There's a weird thing where there's like a gigantic laptop in the middle of this table that is open and they don't go through the laptop. They will use it in a moment when they find the flash drive, but I'm like, wouldn't a number one be like, let's see what we can get off this laptop itself. Cause it's clearly not locked. They're able to just put a flash drive in and go to town on it. Um, but anyway, Emily finds, this is like, this is like so hat on a hat. Emily finds <laughs> a box 
with a mysterious stamp on it, the same mysterious stamp that was on Maya's wrist. Oh, and also that was on Spencer and Arya's wrist, wrist at that one party that Charlotte took them to that apparently Emily never knew about, which is ridiculous. Uh, so inside the box is a flash drive. And then uh, Spencer takes the flash drive, pops it right into the laptop that is just open. And inside, you guessed it, more files. These ones are each labeled with a liar name. And Spencer clicks into the one with her name, which is footage from the dollhouse. Uh, This is when Spencer is passed out on the floor in a white shirt. But this time we see what happened. Uh, Noel walks in with presumably some fake blood and starts applying the blood onto Spencer's unconscious body and the surrounding areas. Spencer tears up, saying that she really thought that she hurt someone. Emily tells her that now they have proof that she didn't. Uh, they determine that Noel Khan was there the whole time helping Charlotte. Uh, Emily insists that he will go to jail for torturing them. And, of course, just then, some thunder starts up in the background to sort of match their mood. Um, yeah, so Noel Khan helped out at the dollhouse. Wow. Like, honestly, this is one of my least favorite retcons in this whole era of, like, ridiculous retcons. Like, I agree. We, a fact about Noel is that he was helping Allison when she was on the run. Like, you can't get rid of that fact. Like, that fact exists. He was one of the people who was helping Allison. Um, we know that. If Charlotte was spending all that time looking for Allison, and we're supposed to believe that Noel was working with both of them, and just like never told one about the other or that Noel met Charlotte when driving her to the airport and months later was agreeing to help her hold the liars prisoner in the underground bunker. Noel, like at least to me is not this guy. Like Lucas is that guy. Like Toby is that guy, but Noel, like Jack in the box popping out of his chest on Halloween train. I just, I don't see him as like a psychopath in this way. Like, He's here for a good time. He's not here for a long time, imprisoning people underground time. Like, also, Noel being involved with the dollhouse, his primary connection to the liars has always been Allie, who was not imprisoned there. Like, I like the idea of revealing someone else was involved or even behind the dollhouse, but, like, it would be a truly amazing reveal if it were, like, Tobe or Prezra or, like, Someone who really feels like it would raise the stakes of the game. Oh, I completely agree. And I mean, that's like where this writing is just so weak, right? Where it's just like, it's not really interested in raising the stakes. And it's also just like, again, it's the interchangeable thing where they're like, well, we need some person who was in the dollhouse, I guess. And like, Noel's here. So I guess it can be Noel. You know, like, it's like, it it, it doesn't. Nothing about this reveals feels specific to Noel as a character. And I think that they're trying to kind of dazzle camouflage us into thinking that by being like, ooh, we're at the con cabin. Ooh, it's the stamp. Like all of these hallmarks of Noel Con. But like this, like you're saying, like this, this just isn't it completely sort of dismantles our understanding of the character, not in a like cool, spooky, like they got us way, but in a like this is just lazy writing kind of way. It's really lazy. And what else is lazy is that there are files on this flash drive for each of the liars. And we see that like in Spencer's folder alone, there are like a zillion individual files, but they never watch another one of them except for this one with Spencer and the paint. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I know. And I just assumed that they were like, well, we can't we can't get all of those sets back. You know, <laughs> we don't have we don't have money for all of those setups again. Oh, oh, my goodness. OK. So uh, the liars, Sans, uh, Dark Hannah and Allie, who I guess this field trip with the school is overnight. Um, is it a debate club outing? asking for Sterling in April. Anyway, uh, the liars want to take this flash drive to the police, but for whatever reason, think that they cannot do that without Hannah. This is dollhouse evidence, ladies. Take it, take it now. Um, Emily uh, has off screen heard from Lucas and he never had plans to meet Hannah in New York. So she is officially off the grid. Uh, there is a knock on the door and Emily answers it to find Sabrina in another dumb-looking hat. Uh, she physically pushes Sabrina into the hallway and then joins her there rather than inviting her into the loft. I do not like Sabrina's character, but wow. So, honey, you deserve more out of a relationship than this. Yeah, yeah. Emily is, like, immediately throwing, like, just throwing red flags. Like, you get a red flag. and you get a red flag. Everybody gets a red flag. Yeah. Which is, like, the experience of dating Emily from day one, I feel. Yeah. So, oh, I get to talk about Dark Hannah now. That means I get to do the voice. Dark Hannah is at some kind of dive bar and ignoring a call from Aria right before... Noel walks in and a question why the hat if Hannah is knowingly meeting him like I feel like the, the, the subterfuge is like a little bit much here uh, but she quickly doses his beer and then stares after him and Hannah with this dosed beer will be so funny because she's <laughs> the least subtle person <laughs> okay well also this hat though very stupid is like a cloak of invisibility. All you have to do is put this hat on Hannah Marin and she's unrecognizable. Noel can't see her if she's wearing this hat. Like he didn't notice her when she was staring at the back of his head and he was dumping the trash with the phone. He like looks around the bar, but like just doesn't, I guess, see her uh, because she has this hat on. Also this hat is super weird. It's like meant to be a Phillies cap, I think. Um, but the font of the P is like, it, it's, it's not like, I don't know if they like didn't have time to get a real Phillies hat or if they would have had to like pay some kind of merchandising rights, but they, Probably. Like, <laughs> they have this like weird jacked up, not really a Phillies cap, um, that I presume Hannah must've like stolen from Caleb because we remember that he has the Philly schedule memorized. That's right. Like down, down to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh boy. In my hallway outside the loft, Emily is acting super, super sketch. She cannot invite Sabrina in. She cannot tell Sabrina why she cannot invite her in. She cannot have a bite with her. She cannot tell her why she cannot have a bite with her. Sabrina just wants her to tell her what is going on. But Emily, for no reason, cannot. But maybe tomorrow. Sabrina offers her a bag of red velvet cupcakes. I believe that this is the last Emily Sabrina scene. Uh, they go out like they came in, <laughs> ill-suited and uninteresting. 
Yeah, why are these two people even together? Like, why is Emily begging Sabrina to stay? And why does Sabrina stay? Why is Sabrina even in this episode? Why? You could just have, like, you could just have when Emily and Paige are talking. Yeah. Emily to be like, I was seeing someone, but I, I had to end it because it wasn't right. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. And I feel like Sabrina is kind of a chump. And I'm sorry, Sabrina. Like, this is just, this is just all just kind of a bummer. Also, I, I think we're supposed to assume that the red velvet cupcakes are because she declined that order, which is like, oh. <laughs> she's just like, she's just taking all of the red flags that Emily is throwing. And she's like, I baked them into cupcakes for you, honey. And Emily's like, great. I can't, I can't tell you why. Maybe in some ways Sabrina would be the perfect partner for Emily because she's just kind of like, sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, God. And this is also another, pro- like, what I'm talking about with, like, the way that Noel's being written. This is another problem with Sabrina is, like, Sabrina is so a plot contrivance character. Like, she's not a character so much as just, like, a series of obstacles for Emily. The other thing, and and the thing that I think is, like, a problem at this point in the show is that, like, it's more of a problem to have Sabrina in this episode because this episode has Paige, someone who actually is a viable love interest for Emily. Someone who Emily has, like, chemistry with when she shares screen time with them. And similarly, having Noel be revealed as, like, somebody who is involved in the dollhouse in this episode is a problem because even in this episode, we're being presented with like many more interesting possibilities. Like sure. when Marco is all of a sudden in Spencer's house, right when the flash drive is being stolen, that's a great moment for like, oh man, what if Marco were involved in this? Um, right. But no, no, don't get that too interesting. Well, and also I'm still on my like Caleb is AD thing because like it seems like <laughs> suddenly Caleb's hacking skills, like has suddenly Caleb has like no hacking skills. Yeah. Which, like, what an interesting time for him to lose those skills. Or, like, Lucas, too. Like, what, you know, Lucas, yeah, I totally agree. Um, So, back in the loft, uh, we find out that uh, Hannah isn't with Mona. Wait, am I I in the right spot? Yes. Hannah isn't with Mona or Caleb. Um, I do really just, like, love that Arya went to the place of being, like, maybe she's with Mona. Um, The liars determine that she is probably trying to do something to Noel. Uh, Caleb apparently is trying to track her down and Spencer thinks that they should go to the police. Uh, Aria and Emily, though, think that they need to wait. They all need to do this together for some reason, Uh, because that's always gone so well in the past. Every time they were like, we're going to go to the police, but we have to wait for this reason. Uh, So this is so funny to me because Emily just like, threw Sabrina out being like I have this thing to figure out with my friends and then all of her friends leave Spencer gets a call about her mom's car alarm and so she has to go deal with that and Arya decides she's going to go off and see Jason and see if there's any information about the mysterious files because again nobody uses cell phones anymore I guess Uh, which leaves Emily all alone to not have a bite with Sabrina but perhaps eat some red velvet cupcakes (laughs) yeah that was really something also like um Spencer getting a call from her neighbor about her mom's car alarm going off. Vina, who is Spencer's neighbor? <laughs> right, is it like is, is it, it like, Jason? Was it Jason, Jason calling her? Was it Allison calling her from the field trip? 
Peppers. Is it Alex Drake calling from within the house? Spencer, mum's car alarm's gone off. Don't ask any questions. Here we go. Do the Hastings have another neighbor? Remember their backyard is like a national park? Like it does not seem like another house is near enough to them that someone is going to be trouble. So like the car alarm is like, it's so lazy. And also it's such an obvious trap. Like what, what was that phone call? Like, hi, Spencer, I have a trap for you here at your house. Come back. And Spencer's like, okay. And also that whole thing is a, a rehash of Emily Fields' teen landlord. Remember when the alarm kept going off on the tenants in the Fields house? Our whole theory that it was like the young queer daughter of that family, just the, you know, hot queer swimmer to like come fix their porch or whatever. So maybe, maybe it's some like her lady neighbor who just like, you know. Oh, yeah, it was like, oh, it's raining. Let's see if we can get Spencer to come deal with the car alarm. Exactly, exactly. Also, was Veronica's car, they've been on the cruise for this whole half season. Did Veronica just leave her car parked in the driveway? Do the Hastings not have like a palatial garage of some kind? Well, also, Veronica's like, peace out, everybody. I won the election. Now I'm living on a cruise. <laughs> you figure out how to make the Senate run. <laughs> Lord. Um, yeah, also, um, props to Aria for calling Mona, her side piece, to immediately, I like, you know, Spencer calls Caleb her side piece to find out if Hannah's with yes. him. And Aria's like, well, ever since ever since she took the hit for Hannah that night, she and Mona oh man, off screen. There's a whole off screen mm-hmm. thing happening with uh, Aria and Mona that I just like mm-hmm. desperately want to know what's going on there. Dark Hannah slides into a booth across from Noel and very conspicuously slides a specific beer over to him. He says he's waiting for someone. She clarifies he's waiting for her. She knows he killed Sarah. Noel stares and says nothing as we cut to commercial. Uh, After commercial, Hannah is saying, Dark Hannah, uh, sorry, this is not Hannah. This is Dark Hannah. Uh, she is saying that she knew he'd eventually slip up. He claims that Sarah fell in the shower. Then why do you have her phone? Why dump it and then drive to, back here to get it back? Which is, you know, a valid question. Noel didn't exactly handle this great. This is not maybe the actions of a mastermind. Uh, she says that the police want to question her. And she suggests that they can walk away from this clean she spins a story. They were watching a movie together randomly, like the most random movie choice ever, Birdman. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, uh, that's like the last movie I can ever imagine Hannah Marin watching willingly. I, at least it wasn't, at least it wasn't <laughs> Insidious 2. Insidious 2, the most insidious. What if she'd been like Insidious 3? <laughs> <laughs> the insidiousest. The insidiousest of all. Um, also, like, this, were they to go to anybody with this story, everybody would be like, 
oh, they're fucking, right? Like, it's, like, yeah. such a, it's, like, such a weird <laughs> thing that it's, like, oh, this, like, attractive man and attractive woman were just, like, hanging out watching a movie together? Like, Birdman. Birdman! <laughs> the sexiest of all movies. Um, <laughs> like, why is this the alibi? It's so, like, it would have been better if they said, like, we were just hooking up somewhere. But also, <laughs> let us, let us consider for a moment this zany tale. <laughs> Hannah, who has blatantly, in this very conversation, accused Noel of being the murderer, thinks that the answer is for her to alibi the murderer? Like, she thinks that this is, like, this is, like, the idea that is going to be plausible for solving it? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a great plan as plans go. It's, uh, not great. Not great. Um, so she, like, tries to get him to drink very obviously. She's like, cheers to our partnership. And he's like, wait a minute. I need to see the phone. And she's like, okay, but maybe you could take a sip of beer first. And he's like, nope, phone first. She produces the phone. And she's like, all righty, let's have that cheers, buddy. Let's have that cheers. Really good taste in beer here. It's delicious. She does even say it tastes so good. She, like, takes, like, a hearty swallow of her beer. She's like, you should really have some of this. It's really good. And Noel, like, any human with two brain cells to rub together is like, well, you're obviously trying to drug me. Like, and he, like, slides the beer back over to her and is like, you drink it. And she's like, I already have a drink. This one is your drink. You should be drinking this one. And he rightfully is like, nah, and gets up. Uh, he really roughly grabs the phone from Hannah and then he leans in advising her to be careful or else she'll end up just like Sarah. You know, it would have also been a great idea in this episode. What's that? It would have been a great idea if the drug dealer that Hannah had that meetup with turned out to be Eric Kahn. That would be oh my god! Like, that would be oh so my god! Great. And Hannah has to buy the drugs from him because she has to get the drugs, but like oh, crap, maybe he will have tipped Noel off instead of, like, having just Hannah be, like, super obvious, like, hey, buddy, want to drink my drugged beer? Or, like, if Noel was like, wait a minute, that's our Rohypnol that we use. <laughs> exactly. We are exactly. Just, gentle listeners, we are not making light of hate rape. We are making light of this ridiculous storyline. <laughs> yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, and they never say, like, because this is PLL, like, they never say that that's what it is. It's just, no. like, these are, like, th- these are, like, the generic n- knockout drug for all of your kidnapping adoption purposes. Yes, yes. When you need to get a cell phone from somebody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spencer is entering the main house of oh so did you did you go through the the tussle like they have the yes they have the tussle and he gets the phone back yep yeah okay uh so spencer is entering the main house and turning off her mom's car alarm the power cuts out she immediately lights some lesbian sex candles and then sits down at her mom's computer to watch the flash drive footage some more the scene switches between the computer video and actual flashbacks to the dollhouse as Spencer was experiencing it. In the present, she kind of makes an executive decision, which is a good one, 
She calls Marco and asks him to come over as soon as he gets this message. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spencer's in a rough place here. She's in a really rough place. Uh, so more lesbian candle sex magic is happening over at uh, the De Laurentiis house when Aria arrives. Uh, Jason has no real new information from her for her, but a lot of hard eyes. And he praises Aria for turning it on today, turning it on or turning him on. Uh, she says that it was a good way to channel her frustrations. And they sit down on the couch. He says that he knows about Nicole. And she admits that Prezra hasn't called her since this morning. She doesn't know what it means if Nicole is alive. Jason tells her that Prezra loves her, but she worries that she was his consolation prize. He pulls out the, you know, you guys are meant to be line. And we go to a flashback where Jason is showing Arya pictures from his travels and still encouraging her to come with them, with him. Uh, Arya explains that she just got a job offer and accepted it. Jason, very, in a, like, this was a very kind of smart, savvy move on his part. He's like, oh, she, she says the name of the company. And he's like, oh, that's the company that just published Prezra Fitz's book, isn't it? And he's going to be publishing another book with them, too, isn't it? And she claims that she and Prezra will never, ever cross paths with this job. Uh, in the present day, she tells Jason that part of the reason she took the job was because of Prezra. And he says that it's his loss if he chooses Nicole. Jason can't imagine anyone better than her. His hand is on Arya's leg, and J and um, Arya immediately jumps up, saying that she should go. And Jason does a thing that no man ever does on this show, which is apologize for making Arya feel uncomfortable. He convinces her to stay, saying that he will make them something to eat. And uh, in doing so, he, like, puts a lot of physical distance between their bodies, which I appreciate. Um, a thing that I like about Jason, it's kind of similar to Noel, is that you just know that Jason fucking hates Prezra. And I do really like that about him. Agreed. Agreed. One thousand percent. And also the fact that, like, Jason wants Arya to stay and he volunteers, like, okay, I'm going to go make us something to eat. And I would just like to contrast that to a scene that we're going to see later in this episode when Spencer asks Marco to stay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. So um, where do we think Allison is on this field trip? <laughs> New York? Washington, D.C.? Like, I hope it's not an outdoor field trip because there's, like, a huge storm that's just raging through and it's dead of night. Where? Where is yeah. this field trip? I hope what are they like, doing? What's happening? I hope it's not, like, a camping trip or something. Yeah. I, I mean, where did the liars ever go on a field trip when they were in high school for many years on this show? Never anywhere, I don't think. Is it like, uh, oh, what about like the, the academic team when Spencer and Mona got in that, got in that fight? Do you think Allie is like the, uh, the head of the academic ooh, decathlon ooh, team ooh, and she's taking them out to have like queer fighting in a faraway town? Like, uh, like queer, queer fight club debate style. <laughs> yeah. That would be super fun. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> dark camp listening to a voicemail from Emily. Emily is announcing that they know Dark Hannah is planning something. Whatever it is, don't do it. She was right. They know Noel is bad and the liars all want to go to the police, but everyone needs to do it together. Come home, Hannah, we love you. Dark Hannah, unmoved. 
and continues messing with her giant handful of rope. <laughs> Just like twisting it around her hands and stuff. <laughs> Um, so Spencer is investigating some tree branches right before they burst through her window. Uh, she screams and she sees that the side door is open and then she sees a flash of someone in the house. Spencer grabs for a knife. Just then Marco walks in, gun in hand, and Spencer looks down and realizes that the flash drive is gone. Yes, I... Really uh, appreciate the continuity of the way that all of these Rosewood cops do the gun and flashlight work uh, and how silly they all look doing it. Like, Tobe looks very silly when he does it. Marco here, we get like a side view of it. And yeah, it just, it's like in silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it looks again very, very silly. It does look silly. I agree. Um, so, after commercial, Spencer is texting the others about the flash drive being gone. Marco is like putting plastic over the window, having already, I guess, chopped off the tree branch and used it to start the roaring fire in the fireplace. Um, Spencer apologizes to him and says she really thought there was someone in the house, but she knows that there was someone in the house, right? Because the flash drive is gone. Um, anyway, don't think too hard. Marco offers her a blanket or a stiff drink, if you know what he means. Uh, uh, he kind of does the, oh, you know, I should go. But Spencer asks him to stay because she doesn't want to be alone right now. And, like, there are a lot of reasons. Like, I think we should take Spencer at her word here. She's in an emotionally vulnerable state because she's just re-traumatized herself by watching this dollhouse footage. Like, her home never, I, like, the main house of the Hastings house, like, I have to imagine never feels like a super safe place yeah. ever. But, like, obviously there's just been, like, an intruder uh, who's here, who's taken something. Um, so, like, I, I think that we can take Spencer at her word that she's just, like, a little a little scared to be by herself right now. Um, and Marco is, like, you know, ostensibly a, a peace officer. You know, he's, like, yeah. a protector. Um, but to, to how does he take this? He takes this as maybe we'll bone because he sits down right next to her and puts an arm around her. Yeah. And I, and I like the way that Troyan reacts in the scene because she doesn't like lean into him or anything. She just like kind of sits there pretty stiffly. Yeah. He's like rubbing her back. It's really, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this behavior. Yeah. This is like a moment when I felt like, you know, Marco would be a pretty good, a pretty good AD type person. Like whether it's cause yeah. he's like whether it's cause he has set up this like scary situation in order to comfort her or whether because like he's actually AD. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. He's yeah. He's given off major creep vibes here for sure. Uh, so, uh, over at the loft, Emily is calling someone as the lights flicker back on, and that someone is Paige sitting over at the brew. Um, I think that we're definitely supposed to be a little suspicious of Paige, because we're always supposed to be a little suspicious of Paige, um, especially because Emily is, like, so readily opening up to her. I think we're supposed to be like, ooh, like, Emily, like, don't be so trusting. Um, but I genuinely do think that Paige, you know, wants to help, and also just clearly still... Poor Paige, like that, that, that first relationship really imprinted on her. 
Uh, so she, Emily is telling Paige that Noel Khan is the one doing this to, to them. And Paige agrees to come over as she watches Sabrina, clearly not on the end of a call where she is being invited over for Emily to open up to. Do you think that Emily is going to offer Paige some of the red velvet cupcakes <laughs> that Sabrina made for her? Oh, I think absolutely. yes, because I don't believe that Emily has other food in the loft, probably. Right. Yes. She's like, we can have some red velvet cupcakes and maybe like some red wine. Cause it seems like there's always red, like any place where the liars are, a bottle of red wine magically appears. Yeah, well, it's Lucas's like mega rich bachelor pads. There's probably like a giant, like oaken cask of wine. Yes. Like, yes. So, like, a decanter. Has, like, a, yeah. He has like a delivery service that just refills it when Hannah is staying there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it happens right after his rehypnol delivery. <laughs> yes. I think that that is very, very true. Um, so I might be wrong, but I think this scene is the last we ever see of Sabrina. I, I think so. I mean, I certainly don't remember anything more of Sabrina after this. Well, S- Sabrina, remember, Sabrina uh, quits off screen. The next thing yes. we're going to hear about yes. her is Arya has to hire a replacement because Presra is still in South America. Because Arya is running the brew. Yeah. <laughs> Arya is like managing his small business and doing all this investigation and planning their wedding. Like... And writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> busy girl. Busy, busy girl. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of Arya, her cell phone chimes, and there is a text from Prezra uh, that says that Nicole wasn't one of the hostages. He's going to come back tomorrow. Arya weeps with relief or joy at the news that Nicole was still probably murdered somewhere in the jungle and or is starring in the wilds. Um, Jason comes in and says that the facts from the courthouse has come through but everything is redacted. It is all blacked out, the entire document, except the convenient clue that the judge who like dealt with this adoption is none other than Stephen Kahn, Noel Kahn's father, who we have like literally never heard of before in our lives. Like it was never known that his father was a judge, nothing, nothing. Uh, but what if he adopted that baby himself? Yeah, it's, wasn't there a line some po- at some point about how his father owned, like, half of Philadelphia or something? Yeah, his family is supposed to be really rich. I don't, I don't remember if they said that on the show or if they, if that was just, like, the thing about him in the books was that his family owned, like, half of Rhode Island. But yeah, it, it's like, we've known that his family was really rich. I don't mind his dad being a judge, because I feel like, that kind of like fits in with like the Khan brothers never get in too much trouble kind of a thing. Um, but it's like, that should be something that we knew before that, that that's like, again, very, very thin writing to just have it be like conveniently like signed judge Stephen Khan. Oh, I know. It's like, this is my calling card. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's super weird. Um, yeah. So Ar- yeah. So Arya has decided like to her, this is like the smoking gun that proves that Noel was Mary's baby. Well, once again, it's like, this is a file. We have to find out what's in the file. What's in the file? And then the only thing in the file is, like, one small clue that they need to get them to, like, the next plot point. I did a roundup. So in terms of files at this point, so we've got the Mary Drake file, um, the files on the flash drive from this episode, the files in Jessica's cabinet, Noel's school file, 
Uh, this adoption file that we've just found, any more files floating around right now? Um, I think that those, I think that, I think that you've covered the main files. That's a lot of files. That's too many files. <laughs> also, you know, another thing is that it really would not be that hard to get some of Noel's DNA and get somebody from who's met one of Mary's many relatives that's floating around <laughs> some of their DNA and test it. But the idea of DNA testing like does not has not come into this at all, which I find really weird. Doesn't it come into like is Hannah's plan that that's what she's going to do or is she going to blood test him? I don't know, but I mean, it seems like there would be an easier way to go about it than whatever oh, yes. that Hannah's yes. doing. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of our our dark Hannah, uh, Noel drives up to, I guess, his place where he's staying. I'm not sure. This is the con cabin. Oh, this is the con cabin. Okay. Um. So then she like gets him back to that apartment. Okay. Ne- all right. We'll deal. With- <laughs> we'll deal with that next week. Um. Uh- he, like, gets out of the car. He sees the mysterious hat on the ground and kind of leans down to pick it up just before being clobbered over the back of the head by Dark Hannah, who looks down at him and says, it's over, bitch. And that's the end of the episode. It is. It is. And just to complete, uh, just to complete her, like, collection and it hits him over the head with like a lead pipe. Like it really does look like she's just going through the clue murder weapons one by one. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's just standing over him with a pipe. I wish you know, they were doing so many callbacks in this episode. I wish it had been a tire iron, but no. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been, been really, that would have been great. Been. It also would have been great if the thing on the ground, um, instead of being a hat was like that weird bear with like meat sewn inside of it. Or whatever. <laughs> I think it was maybe from the tire iron episode or somewhere around in there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So final thoughts on this episode. Well, I do um, like, I, I do find dark Hannah, like it's silly and the, the date rape drug, like the casualness with which they are, uh, invoking the date rape drug and the way that they're just like not calling it that um, like that's all bad but like it's watchable like the dark Hannah stuff is like yeah. it, it's like there's momentum there something is happening there whereas the rest of the episode is just kind of the liars like spinning around like just spinning their wheels yeah. and passing time until we get to uh, kind of the big you know the big mid-season finale next week and collecting files. Don't forget about the many files they're collecting. Oh, so many <laughs> files. So, so, so many files. So many files. Yeah, I think this episode, like, <clears throat> this is definitely an episode that knows that we're chugging toward a finale, you know? Um, I just, I feel like we could have just gotten through so much of this faster. Like, I feel like this, we didn't need an episode of Hannah trying to figure out how to drug Noel. Like, she could have just already had Noel. You know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> Everything right. is taking so much longer than it needs to because they just they're like out of, you know, kind of out of ideas. Um, yeah, yeah, like if you just vanished this episode, I I don't think there would be any long term impact. Like, I, like you could just start the next episode and it could just be like, we know that no one was at the dollhouse. And then that would just be like where where it goes, you know, it just goes from there. Well, and that was true of last week's episode, too. So. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. but you could just like the next time we see Hannah, like Noel is going to be tied up in a chair. Right. Like you could just have started from there. Like you need exactly. to go after him. Exactly. And in, in some ways that would be more effective, right? Because it would be like creepier kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I totally forgot that like her actually having Noel is just one episode. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, and not even the whole episode. It's like just a little part of the next episode. Um, the other thing too is that Mona is so much less present in this half season than I remembered, which has yeah. really. Yeah, I agree. Well, the way that um, the way that they have had people just like coming in and out and in and out has been uh, really yeah. strange, especially. I and I feel like especially with Allison, like, I know that they have always had trouble kind of integrating her into the main group, but, like, after she's gone through all of this, like, she's trapped in the mental hospital, she's wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask, it's her husband who, like, we all have to murder. Like, after all that, they just are still treating her like a character who is so minor and insignificant to the plot that she can just not be around for a whole episode, and it's no big deal. Right. Like if there was an episode where just Spencer just wasn't there, like you'd be like, okay, what this, like they wouldn't do that, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really odd. It's really odd. Um, Yeah. It's just, everything just feels pretty uneven at this point. Um, Do we have more that we want to say about the Wrath of Khan? I, I don't think we do. I think it's just kind of like... It's not an episode that is like building up momentum towards the big finish. It is an episode that is just like clawing its way to the finish line, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Well, next week is the darkest night. Uh, So, you know, get ready to get ready for some blind girls shooting guns. Uh, Always hold on. Hold on to your heads, everyone. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, keep your head on straight. but uh yeah if you have any thoughts on this episode we would love to hear them if we missed any files in the file roundup you know please let us know if you have thoughts on what sarah harvey's phone wallpaper could be besides just a picture of herself or if you or anyone you know has a cell phone wallpaper that is just their own headshot please let us know (laughs) yes inquiring minds want to know blake if you need help (laughs) You can, of course, send us an email at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram at everybodyapodcast. You can check out our Spotify, Everybody A, Everybody Gay. You can also send in a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Uh, yes, we will be back next week with The Darkest Night. So uh, everybody, everybody get ready. <laughs> Till then, take care. Thank you.